Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash Lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sunshine, I'm Alexi Wallace, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast, presented by State Farm, uh, where we look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue colored glasses. This episode, well, we'll be talking, let's see, World Cup workouts, World Cup predictions, guitars, and so much other stuff. But before that, here he is, my friend, my colleague, my guiding light, David Mossy, a soccer savant and a Fox soccer researcher and writer extraordinaire. Mossy, how you doing on this Wednesday, July 19th? But wait, before you answer, look who else is here. Legends abound. Hey-o in the house. Heather O'Reilly in the house. As we sit on the eve, we are recording this on the eve of the World Cup. Uh, how are you, Mossy? I know it's been a, a long day of rehearsals. We're just trying to get it right. How's it going? I'm doing well. As you know, communication at Fox is not the best. So <laughs> that led to an embarrassing moment for me. A couple of days ago, I went up to Heather in the green room and I said, hey, you're going to be doing the podcast. Very exciting. And she looked at me and said, what the hell are you talking about? I know. She said the same thing to me last night. So we, we finally, you did finally get the uh, the message, right? I found or out. we just locked you in here? No, yeah. I found out yesterday I was going to be on and I puffed my chest out. And I was like, what an honor. What an honor. I thought this day would never come, especially just a 40-minute Right. Well, yes. run We're not messing around here. No. We're, we're not messing around here when it comes to the State of the Union. All right, listen, um, you, you have uh, come uh, bearing family to this World Cup so right. far. So tell the, tell the folks what we got here. Uh, it's not just you at this World Cup. Right. Well, I have two young boys, William and Jack, and my husband Dave and I were going back and forth, like, what's the best move? Do we bring the whole family over to Australia? Yeah. Dave's like, well, I'm sorry. I, I, I have a life here. I just can't pick up and go over there for five weeks. So we decided to divide and conquer. I got the little dude, Jack, um, and I got a bunch of my friends rotating through and babysitting. So, uh, yeah, we got a little work and a little mommying going on here. How was he on the plane, the 16 hours uh, or whatever it was? Great sleeper. Great sleeper. <laughs> no, he, he was awesome. He probably slept like nine hours. We watched some bad movies like Batman Returns and all that 
all that good stuff. A few episodes of Peppa Pig and all the cartoons. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, he's a cute little baby. Cute little baby. So he's sucking his thumb. All the people are loving him on the flight. Because you get some side eyes when you walk into business class with an infant. Oh, there was a baby on our flight over right next to Rob Stone. And from the moment that we got on the plane, the, the kid it was it were not having any of it. And it was not Stu Holden. It was an actual baby. And, <laughs> and, and then, of course, Rob has to proceed to tell us about it constantly. So he's texting us. So we hear about it consistently. But he uh, he made it through. Show some compassion. Exactly. They're just little people. Exactly, Heather. I Their mean, ears this, probably hurt. At this Rob. point, put your noise-canceling headset on and, and off you go. So it's fine. Rob's going to be fine. Can I get in the babysitting rotation? I love kids. During a day off, <laughs> I'd be happy to. Kids love Mossy, by the way. They love Mossy. Everybody loves Mossy. Do you have children of your own? Maybe not. Okay. You need a date first. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Baby uh, steps. Maybe here in Australia. So, Great accents. Great so accents. So you, you said you watched a couple movies uh, uh, on, on the flight. Right. Anything right now in your library that you'd like to tell the folks out there? We like to talk to start the show off with uh, things that we're watching. Have you oh, seen what anything? you're watching. Big Ted Lasso girl. You are? Big, okay. uh, yeah. I mean, I crushed, are I crushed the series. Are you happy to jump the shark in the third season? I have yet to finish the third season. You're happy right. with I'm, it? Well, I'm not going to, you know, spill the beans. No, no, you're spilling the beans. But you were no. happy with the conclusion. Yes. I was sad it was over, but right. I thought that it concluded well. It was tied up. The plane landed, as they say. Um, yeah. What a freaking, what an amazing, positive, like, Every, every episode I watched, I was just, like, corny smiling. Like, I just loved it because, I mean, I love football. It's, like, was wholesome entertainment. I spent some time over in England, so, like, I kind of get, you know, some of the, yeah, some of the nuance of, like, the English humor and all that kind of stuff. I loved it. I just thought it was a great program and, like, it good for, I think, I think overall good for American, like, uh, portrayal of the game. And, and but not everybody would agree with that. No, no, it's okay. But, uh, but you know, to each their own. And how are you adjusting now here in Sydney, uh, in Australia? I mean, um, so for example, uh, workout, are you still working out? Are you still doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, as you know, Alexi, because I came on and talked about this, I had a couple like faux comebacks right? these last couple of years. Last year, I wanted to play Champions League because it was like this dream unmet, as you know. I talked about it for years. Um, and I did it. I pulled up that website. I said, Check. what Champions League Check. team should go. I go to? Right. Played in Dublin for a couple months. Had a blast. Scored a goal. A header. Great goal. Uh, we, then we lost in the second round. Fine. But fine. you played in the Champions League. But I did so. it. There then this go. year, this year, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but there was this TST tournament. Yeah, seven I watched aside. it. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, the seven aside. Real nail-biter against Wrexham. Just a 12-nil <laughs> result for, um, for Wrexham over U.S. women. But I had a blast. And th the lead-up to that event and a couple other charity matches that I play in, um, I wanted to get sharp. I wanted to feel, feel good. So I asked, um, you know, the Courage second team, basically they're called the under-23s, okay. uh, if I could jump in for a couple practices, be a player coach, you know, be in some drills, maybe run some sessions because I'm, you know, getting my coaching badges and things like that. And they were like, yeah, of course, this is awesome. Come train with us. And then they asked me, well, do you want to play in some matches? And so twist, twist my arm. Then here I find myself playing in some matches. You're against never going to retire. Right. And so now it's not the U23s. It's now the under 39s. Right. Um, and shout out to the Courage under 39s. They're in the W League final coming up on the 22nd. Good luck, ladies. I'm behind you. 
Get it done, the courage babies. You know, I brought you up on this pod after that Wrexham game. Right. Because you didn't show a lot of sympathy for Thailand in 2019. I wondered if being on the wrong end of one of those changed your perspective no. on them. No, 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 no. I loved it. I even, like, shook one of their hands, and I said that I always heard from one of my mentors, Anson Dorrance, that the greatest sign of respect to show an opponent is to be out of them. Right. And so I shook one of their hands. Well, you got Beaten out of you, right. that's for sure. Shook their hand and said, thanks for showing us such mu so much respect. And I think he was a little bit confused for a second, but but we had like a moment. We caught, we caught a moment. Do you think that they're going to tweak it going forward, either have a women's division or make it so it's it's a little bit more even going forward? Yeah, no, I think so. Listen, we had a blast. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lori Lindsay, she's here, and we are still like laughing about some of the shenanigans of the weekend. We had a, a complete blast, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Actually, you know, at the end of the event, you know, we're all having drinks and, and recapping the weekend. And I said, all right, guys, if the structure stays the same, the format stays the exact same, which I don't think it will. I'll get into that in a second. But if it did, and you get that call from me again, and I say, like, we need you, let's run it back, knowing we're probably going to get shelled every game. Like, would you come? And it was like from a movie. It was like down the line. Everybody was like, I'm in. I'm in. Even Cat Whitehill, who was playing center back against Wrexham, just getting, you know, literally manhandled by their uh, by their post-up number nine player. He didn't have to post up every time and slam it in. Yeah. But you like, play that's, the game. You play the you game. You play the game. That's what. That's what. That was the correct soccer decision there in that go. moment. There so you, you know what? I guess I, I guess I handed it to him. It's good tactics. But uh, yeah, no. Everybody was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Like, good. If, give good. me the call. But to answer your question, no, I don't think that it will be the same format. Right. I think that they are throwing around some ideas of. Well, it was successful. So maybe a women's division. Yeah. Maybe some sort of. I don't know, like, uh, they, they were going to do a whole separate women's tournament. I don't know if that's the move right away. I think a, a separate women's division would be pretty sweet. Four million dollars, though. Go Equal it, pay, baby. So now Give they need two million dollars. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you're spending another million dollars? Right. Okay, got it, got it. Hey, right. listen, um, for those that are watching, you can see that we are all dressed in very different attire. Um, relative uh, to Mossy here. We just finished rehearsals. Uh, everybody was doing that. First off, what are you wearing? Is it leather or pleather? I don't know if you can see the uh, the black leather that uh, that she's sporting Don't here. sell me out. I'm no, like... no, no. I, I have no problem with pleather. All right? Uh... It's much more manageable, and it stretches better. doesn't it's stink. It's warmer. It's warmer, stink. I think. So you look great. Yes. You look yes. great. You Thank know? you. We're, Thanks, we're, we're all dressed up. Uh, I believe it's pleather. It's, it's wonderful, <laughs> whatever it is. We, we just, we went through all the rehearsals because, as we said, tomorrow the show actually kicks off. That's so, day minus one. I, I, listen, I cannot, uh, I cannot wait. All right, listen, we're going we're gonna to go through some, uh, some preview, basically, when it comes to what we're going to see. A lot, of, a lot is going to be focused on the U.S. team, but also on this entire tournament that's kicking off. I couldn't get more excited. I was walking around town today. I, I will say that I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that there's not as much signage as I think there should be advertising this tournament. Now, it might change as we go on and people kind of uh, get into it, but I saw stuff on buses. I saw some stuff, um, some activation type of stuff. But, you know, we, we come from Qatar and Doha where the, the buildings are literally draped in players. There were a couple of buildings that have uh, players here, but I hope that people get that World Cup feeling. I think when it kicks off tomorrow, especially with the host nations, Playing, I'm looking happens. at a pretty big Caitlin Ford out yes, of my window. Yes, exactly. It's right outside. Yeah. Caitlin Ford has one uh, one side of a building, but I want more. That's what I want. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's uh, let's remind everybody uh, when it comes to the U.S. group. By the way, 
This U.S. group is the highest average ranking. Uh, obviously, the, with the U.S. being one, that certainly uh, skews it a little bit. But uh, you got Vietnam ranked at 32. You got the Netherlands ranked at nine. Obviously, the U.S. ranked at one. And then Portugal ranked uh, uh, 21st. When, Heather, when this first came out, this, uh, this group, what were your first thoughts? Uh, my first thought is that people are going to sleep on Portugal, okay. to be honest. I think it's a difficult third game because, listen, the U.S. is probably going to want to roll out their starting lineup in the first game, right? So you, you want to start, start with your best. Yeah. But Netherlands is a tough second game. So then what do you do? You play the starting lineup again for the second game. Maybe you get six points out of it. Then you're going to change it up for the third place game. Portugal's a good team. A lot of players that play Champions League for Benfica. Um, I think that they're, I think we're probably going to get a draw with Portugal, which could be a downer leading in to, uh, to knockouts. But you think, yeah. the, you, th you don't think the U.S. is beating Portugal in this group stage? I have this vision that okay. we're going to win the first oh, two games. Here we go. Another Heather vision. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that you're going to win the first two and then kind of take a foot off the gas and yes. pay the price. And pay the price. We're going to go into the third mm. game with six points. All right. Enough to, go, enough to win the group. Right. But we're going to just kind of like just. So it'll be no harm, no foul, but it's still not a good look to but lose. But it's a momentum lost, and then we're going to have to build again. Mossy, what do you think of this crazy notion that That's she my has. vision. Vision, excuse I, me. I've taken a lot of shots at the U.S. for that Thailand game. I just evoked it again right. in our opening segment. But in this World Cup, I could not blame the U.S. for pouring it on against Vietnam and Portugal because there is a very realistic scenario in which the U.S. and the Netherlands draw and then first place comes down to goal difference. So it actually would be who of the United States to win those two matches big. At one point, I thought Vietnam would be the tiling of this World Cup, but that Germany friendly threw me for a loop. They might not be that bad. What do we think? Might that be a tougher game than we initially imagined? Yeah, I think so. All their results recently have been, like, pretty tight. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that they, you know, they knocked out, you know, Chinese Taipei in qualifiers. Um, yeah, I mean, they might be a, uh, an opponent that's not uh, super easy to break down. And they will, look, all these women have played long enough that they will have watched previous World Cups. They will have seen what happened with Thailand. And nobody wants to be on the other side of something like that. I think there will be lopsided type of results in this World Cup. But that's also the price that you pay for an expanded World Cup and getting teams that normally wouldn't be there. And yes, the experience is important. And to your point, whether it's goal differential, just playing the game the way that it should be played, you got to go out there and score the goals that, uh, th that are available to you. And you have to, you know, greedy is not a bad word. It's actually a really important word for attacking players and for just general, plays, uh, general players uh, when it comes to the team. But I, I don't necessarily, we're going to, well, who knows? I think we'll see some double-digit types, uh, types of things, but maybe not, to your point, as many as uh, we have seen in the, uh, we've seen in the past. Uh, all right, listen, I got a couple questions for you, for both of you guys, and we all have our, our answers here. My first one, um, okay, who is the United States' most important player and why? I'll let Mossy go first on this one. I went with Rose Lavelle, okay. who scored the final goal in the last World Cup, you might recall. And I do think the strength of this U.S. team might be that midfield combination with her and Lindsey Horan. And we've sort of slept on Lavelle going into this World Cup. She's had some fitness issues. But I think if she's healthy, she is primed for a monster tournament. And she'll be key to help the U.S. control the midfield in these games. You know why we're sleeping on her, though? What? She hasn't played football in three months. I mean, she's fragile. You know, I mean, what? 
She's got to be. She has to make sure that she is healthy. When she's healthy, she's, Take she's back incredible. Take fragile, though. My good God, she has an injury. Right. So you, staying healthy is a skill. Staying healthy is a. Um, as, sometimes it's an acquired skill, but it's absolutely an important one. And if you cannot stay healthy, then you are no value to the team on the field. She's a wonderful, wonderful player, and I'm knocking on wood that she does stay healthy because, to his point, if she is healthy, whoo, look out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to let you uh, finish up here. I'm going to go with Julie Ertz uh, for a couple of different reasons, not the least of which is we know that from a leadership perspective, uh, she is money. She has obviously experience winning world, uh, winning world Cups, as you know. Uh, also, when she gets on the field, she does the dirty work in that position in a way that nobody else can and maybe nobody else wants to. The interesting thing is, and this is why, again, I think she is the most important, if she ends up playing center back because of just the reality right now and with Becky going down, and keep in mind, she won a World Cup playing uh, the center back position. So she's multifaceted, uh, the leadership type of thing. I think that she is going to be very, very important. But I'm also, I'm not yet sure about what kind of Julie Ertz we are going to get. We saw her come back with Angel City. There were, there were good and bad moments. She came into the game, out of the game, and that kind of stuff. So she's trying to recapture a Julie Ertz that this team absolutely needs. I'm just not sure it's going to be there when the, flitch, uh, when the, uh, the switch is flicked relative to a World Cup, which is days away now. Who do you got? Most important player on this team, Sophia Smith. Okay. Because she's the best attacking player on the team. And, you know, they have some great attacking players with, obviously, Alex Morgan starting number nine. You got Trini Robin, you got Alyssa Thompson, you got Lynn Williams. Quick, quick, quick starting uh, front line. Even the reserves coming in very, very fast. But Sophia Smith is the best of all of them in terms of her goal scoring. She's red hot right now in the end of a cell. I think she's sitting at 10 goals for Portland Thorns. Like, she's scoring goals. Like, and she's in good form right now. She's U.S.'s best player. Do you have a comp for her? Like, if people are, are just tuning into the World Cup, in, it could be a former U.S. player, right. uh, or it could be just a, a, an international player that, yep. uh, that, re, that she reminds you of in the, certain, in the way that she plays or the way she approaches the game. Uh, I mean, I guess if people are familiar with Mal Pugh, okay. or formerly Mal Pugh, Mal Swanson, I think similar in terms of take-on ability, like pace with the ball at their feet, you know, setting up for, for others, able to score themselves. Um, yeah, a, a quick, thoughtful wing player. Um, you know, if there's a like for like, maybe it's, it's Mal, Mal okay. yeah. All right, which U.S. player has the most potential to make or break the United States and why? Masi? I'm going with Naomi Gurma. Okay. So much of this cycle for Vlad Kondorovsky has been trying to find the right blend between youth and experience, and he thought he had that at center back with Becky Sauerbrunn and Gurma. He loses Sauerbrunn, so now Gurma, a young player, has to really be the leader, the anchor of that back line. I think she's up to it. I'm a big fan of hers, but we'll see. It's her first World Cup. We'll see how she reacts. All right. I am going with Alyssa Thompson for a, a number of reasons. She's not going to start, okay? Uh, she might start a game, but when if, if when push comes to shove in terms of the best 11, I think she's coming off of the bench. I don't agree with that, Lex. Okay. All right. That's cool. I mean, who knows? Vladko and you might be thinking different things. But let's just say for now, and, and part of my argument is if she is a substitute. Wonderful substitute to have because we all know speed kills. We all know that she is a speed demon. What I also believe is that she has yet to harness that speed. And at times I see her running around and it's like this full 
you know, stumbling around in the paddock just trying to get her legs under her and figure it, figure it all out. But if she can harness that, I think she has the potential to be that, that sub that comes in and completely changes the game. The, the problem is, is if in that moment when Vladko needs that substitute and he turns to her and she goes on, and at times we've seen this, and she doesn't find her way, and she's not doing the things to ultimately change the game, then that will be one, um, you know, one bullet that is not working, and that could be a problematic. So, so either way, she has the opportunity uh, and the ability to change the game for better and potentially for worse if it's not coming off and if her, if her youth and naivete shows through. What do you got? I, I, I think Andy Sullivan is definitely the player that's going to make or break this team. Really important holding midfielder. I think for a long time we thought she was the holding midfielder. Now Julie Ertz has come back, maybe entering the conversation. you got Emily Sonnet that I could play there. But if we're just talking Andy Sullivan, right, she has a huge responsibility on her shoulders to, you know, break up plays. If she's, she's not as tough in the tackle as Julie Ertz. She's not as... She's not as quick, to be honest. So if she comes into the midfield or gets drawn uh, too far wide and misses a tackle, we're, we're in trouble because it's not the same recovery speed that I think the U.S. is used to. And with the ball, you know, maybe not as poised in distribution, maybe doesn't have, like, the range that Julie had. Um, but I think more than anything, it's, like, it's almost like a collective feeling for the team that when Julie Ertz was playing that lone six, it just gave everybody like a sense of freedom. Like, okay, if something bad happens, Julie's gonna bail us out, right? So you got your outside backs getting forward. So it's 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 interesting. Like, does Crystal have the like green light to get forward? Does Emily Fox have the green light? Does Lindsay Horan have the the confidence that like, yeah, I got I got Andy back there. Like that, you know, she's she's got it covered. I don't know, you know, if if they do. I don't know if they do. So she's make or break. She could be up for the task. You know, I think over the last year, we've seen that she can get the job done. You know, seven games in a row is a real tall order for anybody. Um, so I think it will be, you know, in my opinion, probably a team effort mm -hmm. more than, you know, sole relying on like that enforcer that Julie Ertz was for so long. At the risk of bearing the lead, can I circle back around? Because when I said Alyssa Thompson uh, is going to be a substitute, you did push back on that. So if Alyssa Thompson were to start, who in that front three is now not starting? Trinity, Sophia, uh, which, um, which um, one of those? I mean, I mean, Trinity Rodman, like, maybe earned their case in their warm-up game, okay. bagging a brace. But, I but think, that's the one you think I would... think before okay. that, it was Alyssa, um, Sophia Smith, and Alex Morgan. Ooh, okay. All right. That'd be interesting. Look, these are, these are good problems for Vladko to, Vladko to have. All right, let's go on to the, uh, the next one. If the U.S. women's national team is hoisting the trophy at the end of this month, by the way, uh, unprecedented uh, would be a historic moment. No uh, men's or women's team has ever won three World Cups in a row, and obviously the U.S. is going for their fifth in total to tie, uh, tie Brazil. If they were to do it at the end of this month, what is the biggest reason why, Mossy? Playing off my Gurma pick earlier, I would say it's if Gurma and Cook form a solid center back pairing. If Alyssa Nair has a good tournament, if uh, the center backs receive the proper protection from the six, whether it's Ertz or Sullivan, we know the U.S. can score. I'm wondering if they're going to be stout enough defensively. If they are, I think that's going to translate into another World Cup title. What do you got? I can picture you on like some beach somewhere in some tight jean shorts. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying right. that is yeah. I feel the need. The need for speed. 
Does that movie ring a bell? Yes, we talked about, uh, well, we talked about Maverick last time, but yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> Lex, this front line for the U.S. is wicked fast, okay. wicked pacey. I mean, you have Alyssa Thompson, you have Lynn Williams, um, Sophia Smith, Trini Rodman, very, very quick pacey forwards. I mean, Alex is looking pretty sharp. Maybe Megan Rapinoe I wouldn't put into the super pacey category right now. She wouldn't but put herself brings, in that. But she <laughs> brings a whole other bag of tricks. Exactly. But those other four, very, very, very pacey. So uh, I don't think that they're going to get a ton of counterattack football. I mean, the game, the you know world has evolved. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be dum-dums and hold a high line against the U.S. But there's going to be a few times that the U.S. is going to get uh, in behind. And I think that they uh, that will be the reason why they are hoisting that trophy is because still, with how much evolution there's been in the women's game, like you, there's no substitute for speed. And the U.S. has it. They have enough people that can get behind, they can score goals, and they can put, like, a dagger when they need to. So I think if they are to raise this trophy, it really comes down to, you know, this bigger type of picture, picture and discussion that we have had where the rest of the world is, quote-unquote, catching up. And, and they absolutely are putting more resources, and therefore they are progressing uh, at a much greater rate than we have seen in the past. That's actually a good thing for everybody uh, that this is happening. But I think ultimately, if the U.S. is to win it, what we, what we come to find out over the next month and a half is that they haven't progressed enough to really ultimately win that game. And we've seen it in the past. Um, France, for example, you know, ultimately when that, that game against France came, that was supposed to be that moment when... Europe, and in this case it would have been France, had finally caught up to what the U.S. has done in terms of the development of talent, the resources, uh, all, all that kind. They didn't have it there. And so I, I would say that if that happens, what, it, what, what, what the narrative will end up being is that, you know what, yes, they progressed, but not enough ultimately to bother the U.S. And that just shows how far the gap is for this, uh, for this U.S. team. And yes, you can talk about the history of winning and all that kind of stuff. There are a bunch of new players on this team that have never won a World Cup, that now this is their moment. This is their moment to sign. They would have grown up watching you and everybody else having that moment. They want that moment. They want that trophy up and the confetti coming down and the music, uh, music coming down. And they have incredible resources. They have incredible talent. They have incredible depth. And if in this moment we talk about all the injuries that the other teams have, we find out that they haven't progressed and evolved as much as we think they, are, they, they have, then it's going to go to the U.S. What do you think? I mean, England has taken some massive steps in the last four years. They have, years. but this is not the same England that we saw uh, be, uh, be European champions. And not they're the only ones. The U.S. is missing players. Every team is missing players. I mean, the ACL situation is a whole other discussion that we can get into another time. But it deprives us of a lot of these players that are going to be. And, it, you know, in a World Cup, you need to have your big guns. You need to have yeah. your best foot forward in order to compete, especially if you're going to find a way past uh, – well, US. I think it's I, just to jump in. I think yeah. ne uh, Netherlands is getting no love, right? This is the yeah, team we. Yeah, a lot of people talking about getting, the Netherlands. They're not. We're not because of one player, Vivian Miedema, That's out, right? They're still a pretty good squad. I feel like we're kind of also just forgetting the fact that we played them in the final, you know, and now we're playing them in the second game. Like they're still a good team. You got Danielle Vanadonk, yeah. Champions League winner with Lyon. A lot of really good players uh, on that Netherlands roster. You think they're winning the World Cup? Uh, uh, yeah, right. I mean. Uh, okay, well, that wasn't a, a ringing endorsement for the, uh, the Dutch. All right, listen, it is now time for the assist presented by State Farm. And what we're going to do today is talk about 
you know, the goal scorers, they get all the attention, they get all the money, they get all the press and all that kind of stuff. But you don't score a goal without an assist. And yes, the most important thing is putting the ball in the net, but the, uh, the quality and the value of those people that over the years have provided the pass that leads to the goal, uh, that's, that's beyond debate. But what we're going to talk about is how important those people are. And whether it's the person that I'm sitting next to or right here, who, by the way, I think that I think I got, uh, you know, seventh all-time in U.S. Women's National Team assist history with 55. My goodness. I put it on a platter a few just, times. And just let them put it in, right? You just put it where, you know, where they need it well, and just, boom. Here, most just, of it I just lofted right? it up in the air and then Abby just there. bashed exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, a, a woman amongst girls. Exactly. Was. Well, speaking of Abby, uh, and we were also speaking of Megan Rapinoe, who also uh, has uh, tied for third with 73. And this is a legendary one. Uh, in the Olympics, uh, in the Olympics against uh, Brazil, I mean, it never gets old. Left foot, by the way, just lay it up there. Speaking of laying it up there, interesting goalkeeping, by the way. Uh, this was actually in the World Cup quarterfinals oh, in 2011, and it, this was the last time the U.S. trailed in a World Cup match. Was that moment Abby equalized? That, that they, was the last time they won on penalties. Woo! 16 World Cup games since the U.S. has not trailed for a minute in any of those games. Oh my goodness! Well, it's wonderful. Uh, but let's let's chat a little bit about. You know, Megan Rapino, relative to what the, the type of player that she is now. It's, it's all fine and well to watch what she has done in the past, but Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately, right? So we don't necessarily think that she's going to start, but if and when she gets on the field, and you've played with her, you know the type of player that, he, that she is, and I don't think there's anybody better with the ball at their feet. If it gets into a track meet, they, there's going to be problems, but as long as the, the U.S. is controlling the ball, what does she see that others don't when it comes to the field? Oh, talking about crossing, right? I think that she uh, she has the ability to use both feet. I think that she understands like the whip of a dangerous cross, right? It needs to have pace. It needs to be bent away from a goalkeeper. It needs to be in the path of your your very quick front runners. So I think you know we're talking about crosses, crosses, crosses. She puts in a lot of very dangerous balls. So that's what she's going to bring in terms of the assist comp. I think she's going to bag a few goals this World Cup as well from the penalty kick spot. Oh, you do. There's still okay. a goal. Right. It's still a goal because there's nobody better. There's That's nobody true. better in pressure moments. I think she's going to be on the pitch at the end of some games um, that are going to bring moments of drama. And, she, and, and that's what she feeds on. That's what she feasts on. Uh, not only providing goals but stepping up in big moments herself, and she's going to she's gonna have one or two more of those magic moments from okay. Megan Rapinoe. I find the Rapinoe dynamic fascinating. There's an old axiom that stars don't make great role players. When a star is no longer good enough to start, you're better off leaving them off the squad altogether. But this is the third straight World Cup in which the U.S. women have gone against that. You had Abby Wambach in 2015, Carly Lloyd in 2019, and now Megan Rapinoe in 2023. A former star is going to have to adjust to a more limited role. You know her better than anybody. How do you think mentally she'll adjust to that? I think that she'll be great. I mean, I've, I've talked to her about it directly on, you know, our podcast and our radio show. You and can, she, it's all right. You can promote it. Yeah. Sirius XM played in. Yeah, Lori right. Lindsay and I, Channel right. 157, Monday nights at 7. Right. Tune in. Uh, she's a, Megan Rapinoe is a wonderful team player. She always has been. Whether or not she's in, this, in the, the limelight, um, she is, has always put the team first, even though some people <clears throat> might disagree with that. She's a she's a team player, and she is somebody that um, is 
realistic and has good self-awareness. I think that she realizes she's 37 years old. Like there is not, not every coach in the- It's actually 38. She just turned 38. Oh, right. Happy birthday, Megan Rapinoe. Do you even know her? I mean- oh, yeah. <laughs> July 5th, right? But you mentioned that Alexi thinks announcing that she's gonna retire before the World Cup was a mistake. Do you agree with Alexi? I guess not. Uh, no. I don't think it's a mistake, not for... Well, you just explained that she's a, she's a team player and it's all about others yeah, and all that kind so of stuff. what? This was about her and this was about, you know, I, I think from the outside, I'm not inside, and I don't doubt that she's not a, not a team player, or that she doesn't want her team to win. I just said I thought it was strange for her to do this and put all of the focus before the World Cup on her. So now right. it's going to be about her going through it and this last lap type of situation. Right. As opposed to if you just didn't say anything... Right. And then at the end of the World Cup, if that's it, fine. Then, maybe, then you can deal with it. Maybe she thinks it's alleviating pressure from other people. Now what, what pressure? What, what pressure is she To win three, a three-peat? We talk about these young kids having so much pressure on them. So Megan Rapinoe is putting it on her. Take the pressure off the young kids. Let them just play football. What, wait, what pressure is she putting on herself? I didn't understand. To, to go out as a, as a winner. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, listen. I think that, you know, I, so I kind of had two retirements. Well, well, three. Well, four. Well, you've got another one coming, right. I'm sure. But here's the thing. For my international retirement, that was like a quick, like, guys, this is my last game. Right. Right? Then I had a club retirement where I basically said in the beginning of the season, this is my last season. So I have a little taste of being, like, the quick version or the drawn-out swan song. Right? Uh, and I think, one, Megan Rapinoe deserves a little drawn-out swan song. And I think that, like... Maybe this is just the galvanizing energy that the team needs. You don't think Megan Rapinoe is going to get the attention that she deserves? Oh, my God. Don't worry. Well, she, is, she, she has made sure that she's going to get plenty of the uh, attention throughout this World Cup. So we can, we can get back to that. All right, listen. we got other stuff to talk about here. Uh, prediction time. All right. Golden ball. Best player in the tournament, MVP of the tournament, right? Who is going to go home with the golden ball as the tournament's best player? What is your pick, Mossy? I am going with Fridolina Rolfo of Sweden. Oh my God! She just scored the game winner for Barcelona against Wolfsburg in the Champions League final. Played very well in the Olympics a couple of years ago. Scored three goals. I love her game. I think Sweden, as you'll find out shortly, is going to have a great tournament, and she will be the catalyst for that. So I'm going with her. Okay. Uh, what about you? I'm going repeat on somebody I've talked about already many times on sure. this beautiful podcast. Sophia Smith is going to be not only a breakout star, she's going to be the best player in this tournament. Here's why. <clears throat> I think she's going to bag a hat trick in the first game. She's going to score a lot of goals in that first game. And the U.S. is going to go far. So I think if, I, if I'm going to say those two statements, um, she's going to be the best player and the most influential uh, attacking player in the U.S. team who are poised to win this whole thing. Both great picks. Uh, I'm going to go with Sam Kerr. Now, I know this, we just talked about pressure or additional pressure. Well, the pressure of being one of the host nations here and being Australia, a lot of people that are picking them to do well and to go far. And that's part of my reason is that I think that they are going to play more games than others. Therefore, the more games that they play, the more opportunity for one of the great goal scorers in the world to actually score goals. But I, and I'm, I know I'm being kind of romantic here, but I envision a Maradona 86-ish type of performance where she puts the entire team and therefore the hopes and dreams of this entire country on her shoulders and by sheer will goes through 
So game after game after game, and ultimately, whether, whatever ends up being the scores, however many goals she scores, there is absolutely no doubt, even if they don't win the World Cup, that she was the MVP of the tournament. Good? Do you think? Yes? No? I mean... Am I, am I giving her... Don't you think much? that an MVP should be in the final game? No, not at all. See, that's where I disagree. If you're going to be like an MVP of a tournament, you better be in the final. No, I because mean, like if you're so good, you're I'll safe. give you getting out of the group. But I mean, you know, what if what if somebody comes out of nowhere and for the Philippines or Vietnam carries this team through, scores a bunch of goals, but they end up losing seven to eight or something like that, and then they don't go through in the terms of the group stage. You're not going to give that person credit because, and what you're really doing is punishing that person for not playing on a better team yeah. that, that they have no control over at all. Right. Okay. But- just want to make sure that yeah. that's what, you, that's what mean, you're doing. Okay. This is a, this game's about winning, winning championships, especially yeah, a World yeah, Cup. You're playing for the U.S., all right? Sorry about it. You got to win the game. I understand you that, win but the you stepped on the field and you knew you were going to win 99% of the times that you stepped on the field because you had better players, you had more resources than anybody else out there, and so you're punishing everybody else for not being as good as you. I mean, I'm not punishing anybody. You just got to win. Well, you're punishing. You're not let you, 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 there's no way that they can be the, uh, win the golden boot, according to you, unless they, unless they play on a better team. And just because they weren't born in the right place, you're going to hold that against them. All right, anyway, uh, who will be the breakout star of the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup? So give me some breakout stars. And we could have talked about them before, but uh, that you think. I am going to go with Sophia Smith. We've spoken plenty about her on this podcast already. I just marvel at the U.S.'s young attacking talent. The fact that they could lose Macario and Swanson and still have some other strong candidates for breakout player and Smith and Thompson and Trinity Rodman, it is amazing. Imagine if Macario and Swanson had been fit for this World Cup. It would have been a complete embarrassment of riches up there. Yeah, I I agree that there are some options for breakout star, right? But I think Trinity Rodman is going to be that breakout star um, for the U.S. I think that she'll probably start some games. She'll come off the bench in some games, but she will entertain in all of them. I got a couple of possibilities. And, you know, this is open to the whole field. So uh, let's see. Uh, Lena Oberdorf from Germany. Now, she's not new in that we've Mm -hmm. seen her before, but keep in mind that and you know this, the player that you are in your teens is very, very different than the player that you are, even four years later as you get into your 20s and stuff like that. So having that under her belt and possibly coming into this World Cup now, we were just on stage with, uh, with Ari Hinkst, and she, no, of course she's German, so she's just constantly talking of uh, Germany, but I don't think it's just her German background. I think she do, does believe, and there's a lot of people that are actually saying, at some point Germany's going to get it right. Might be this World Cup, but we'll see. But if it's going to happen, someone like Lena Oberdorf uh, it was, would be somebody that I would say. And she can be a breakout star in that she finally comes into her own, and it's not just this new, obviously, teenage type of sensation uh, that we have. All right, let's see. What else do we got here? i got a couple, a couple more questions. A couple young pups on, on England, too. Alexia yep. Russo showed up for the Euros. Hasn't done a World Cup yet, so I think we can still call her a breakout, breakout star. Lauren James, baller. Uh, Reese James's sister, so uh, they can play some football. All right. Uh, which team do you think could exceed expectations and why? Mossy. I am going with Colombia. We covered the Copa America Femenina last year. They got to the final. They lost to Brazil. I was quite impressed by their team. Now, they had this weird friendly against the Republic of Ireland where the game was stopped after 20 minutes because of their rough play. That goes against the profile of that team because they're actually this 
attacking team that plays some quality soccer, so I don't know why they acted like that. They're a bunch of brutes. <laughs> Obviously, they're a bunch of brutes. But uh, I hope they play the attacking brand of football that I've, I've associated with them in this tournament. I think they will. They have another potential breakout player in Linda Caicedo, so uh, I could see Colombia springing a surprise. Heather? I've talked about them before on this beautiful pod as well. Portugal uh, could exceed expectations because, uh, yeah, depending on what happens, they could give the U.S. a, a very difficult third Third game, they got a lot of players that play uh, on ben- Benfica. They um, probably have, in my opinion, taken the biggest jump um, in the last few years in terms of their professionalism, of their club environment. Um, and they they play a nice a nice brand of football and a combination of possession and uh, disruptive uh, defensively, um, you know, their team plays. So On our um, last podcast, I called Portugal the next Spain. Could you I see agree. that? 100%. I think that they're going to get people talking this tournament. If they can't squeak through the group, I think that they will be a team that we're looking forward to seeing in 2027. All right. Well, you had mentioned speed kills earlier. And so I'm going to actually go with Zambia. Um, we talked about their recent win, uh, the surprise the surprise win. Uh, I, I think that, you know, these, these debutantes, with, especially with the group that they're in, they can, they can surprise some people. Now, they're going to have to have everything go right, and they're going to have to limit the goals, and that in and of itself is a big ask. But going forward, uh, if you give them the space, they will make you pay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. All right, here we go. Uh, who, I mean, this is, we're, we're down to it right now. Who is hosting the trophy in Sydney in a month's time? Who's winning the World Cup? Mossy? I am going with Sweden. They've had so many near misses, runners-up at the last two Olympics, third place at the last World Cup, runners-up at the 2003 World Cup. I know it's an aging squad, but I think uh, the ball finally bounces their way. Fridolina Rolfo and company will be hoisting the trophy. Okay. All right. Heather? USA. USA. All the way. Yes. U.S. national team has something. We have something in us. We have something in our DNA, like never-say-die attitude. Like, we're bred to be winners for decades. We are ready for this moment. There were 16 years between winning World Cups. What do you mean? Okay, between that, we just bagged a couple Olympic golds. I mean... Nobody cares about the Olympics. This is about the World Cup, all right? That's the most important thing. It's ultimately about the World Cup. I, I understand what you were saying. Okay, if, if I told you you couldn't pick the U.S., mm. all right, mm. who, who would you pick? Uh, I think Australia's got a pretty good chance. Really? I would love to see an Australia-U.S. final. Oh, my God. I From think your lips this, to the soccer gods. I that think would, this, Fox would I love think that, too. this country is going to blow up. If Sam Kerr can, can, like, harness her energy. I thought in the last World Cup, she was almost like, I say, I like to say overstimulated. Yep. Like, she was... Too excited. 100% you know, agree. know, she yep. skied that penalty kick. Um, it's almost like she was, yeah, she was, like, too enthused. So hopefully, like, all her, um, yeah, the expectations of going to Chelsea and, you know, her, her maturity has helped her. And she's ready for this moment to just be the star that this country needs and then see them in the, see them in the final. And then, you know, U.S. does what U.S. does. Uh, all right, I am going to go. I mean, Mossy is a famous uh, Francophile when it comes to uh, life and lifestyle and books and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to go with France. Uh, I do think that the change of coach is the, 
the change that needed to be made in that it lights a fire and it puts the onus on this French team. Now, this French team's missing players, like a lot of these teams are missing players. They have yet to get over that hump. I'm predicting with, that without the pressure of hosting, being here with that coaching change, and now it's on them to actually perform, and I do like Ever uh, Renard because I think he's a very, very good coach, that this is the moment that they come good. You have said on this podcast that you find them very attractive. Now, we should get a female's perspective on that. The, the new France coach, Hervé Renard, yeah. would you concur, Heather? Yeah, he's hot. He's a hot guy, right? I mean... Respectfully, I'm a married woman. I don't know, I don't know what his deal is. But uh, besides being a great football mind, great hair as well. Well, I'm a married man, and I, he's, he's hot. Any way you slice it, okay? Right. I mean, uh, let's... Well, let's... we're not into objectifying anyone on this program. No, he's a great coach, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he puts on those white shirts and, you know, my knees get weak. What are you going to do? Um, all right. So there, those are our picks, uh, picks ultimately. Listen, we have a daily pod that will be coming out, obviously, every single day, 20 minutes-ish type of thing, just with, you know, a recap of all that kind of stuff. So we're going to be cranking out the content. Uh, this was a little bit of a different type of pod. Obviously, sponsored by State Farm. We have our guest, Heather O'Reilly, who came, who came on. Normally in a pod, I give you my one for the road. I think I should do it now. And I want to actually pay homage to my friend David Moss. He didn't know that this was, uh, this, coming, this was coming today. But we were out at a wonderful dinner. All of us were out at a wonderful dinner last night. And at one point, we were sitting with some of our, some of our bosses. And they were, they were busting uh, Mossy because they love him. Everybody loves Mossy. Uh, and everybody appreciates uh, what he does. But they were busting his, you but know. But what, what happens when he showed up late? It was great. It, well, yesterday we, we were doing something and he showed up late and he was all worried. It, it was fine. They love him so much that he could show up a half an hour early. It wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't matter. But Respect. he's a stickler, though. Respect. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't like that. And it threw him into uh, you know, a tizzy. tizzy. Exactly. But we were having a conversation at the table. And at one point, someone was laughing at uh, a moment that had occurred, I don't know, last week maybe the goal, during the Gold Cup or whatever, when uh, Mossy had come up with a nugget, some sort of information, and had, you know, through our earpieces, told me what, what it was. And I ended up using it. Now, for those peek behind the curtain, that does not always happen, all right? We are incredibly fortunate to have people behind the scenes that are feeding us, as you know, Heather, with information. Some of it gets through, some of it doesn't, some of it with time, or some of it, you know, we just don't want to use it. But it is, it is always there. I, I say this because I used that and in the control room, Mossy was given fist pumps because, you know, he had become this, <laughs> this, this almost this god and the ability, not much more, god isn't, right, but much more of the puppet master. And right. I can see, that, you know, how that power, it hasn't corrupted him. But <laughs> I only, the, only way, the only reason that I, that I say that is because, Mossy, there are men and women behind the scenes that are there to make us look good. And in some cases, especially when it comes to me, that's not an easy job, all right? And it takes, it takes a village. Big and whether it's the incredible folks that we have in wardrobe uh, or makeup or obviously the sound and camera and the directors and the uh, producers and the researchers and everybody like that, uh, in that moment, while we are the, just these vessels, it is very comforting to me as we step on the stage tomorrow and do yet another World Cup that we have all of this help behind the scenes and that they have the ability and I think they have the, uh, 
I guess, the character and personality to recognize that this is a team. And what you see front of house, what you see when we are on camera, is only a, a very small sliver and a facade of a huge, huge group of people that are working their ass off to make us look good. So I want to thank you, Mossy, for every single time that you do uh, and, and, and continue to make us look good, and you and a lot of people. Never mind any of that, but as long as you brought up last night's dinner, <laughs> yes. uh, we went out for this fancy steakhouse uh, dinner, and they kept serving us lots of food beforehand. Yes. And I expressed some concern that we were going to fill up and not have enough room left for the steak, and you scoffed at that. You mm -hmm. mocked me for I suggesting did. that. Yes, there was And then mockery. the steak comes, I ate mine, you took like two bites of yours, and then that was that. I wasn't having it. I wasn't it, it was an embarrassing Did he fill up on the burrata, or was it the oysters? I, I, I might have had uh, some burrata. Uh, maybe probably too much burrata, ultimately. <laughs> but it was a wonderful meal. Everybody was great. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a celebration as we embark on this thing. And we've told you before that it's a... It's impossible to predict what happens on and off the field. It is this winding type of road, this adventure that we are on. I couldn't be more pleased and happy and privileged to be able to do it with everybody here, including the great Heather O'Reilly. Are you going to come back? Come back the on the pod? Yeah, on the pod. I mean, we got a lot of shows to crank out here. We're going to need what everybody. S-O-T-U. Damn right it L -F -G. is. L-F-G. <laughs> there we go. S-O-T-U-L-F. A lot of letters. <laughs> there we go. Mossy, anything of before we I go? No, last night at this dinner, Stu Holden was bragging to Heather about being our favorite guest on this podcast, and I thought he was laying a challenge down to you. So this is one down for you, very successful, and... You have, you have raised the bar. Right. You have raised the bar. Listen. I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't wear the plaid like he does, but hopefully You I... wore the pleather, so that's all I care about. <laughs> pleather one-ups the plaid. And by the way, Lex, you're great, too, because the last time you praised me on this podcast and I didn't return the favor, I got a tongue lashing from my mother afterwards. So let me just say... <laughs> I enjoy well, working with you as well. Every, everything's good. All right, listen, we want to thank State Farm. We want to thank everybody for, uh, for tuning in. As I said, each and every day we'll be giving you your World Cup diet that you crave, that you want, that you need. Don't worry. State of the Union has got your back. Keep reviewing. Keep uh, rating. Keep subscribing. Keep downloading, doing all the different things that you do. Uh, we will talk to you again on the next pod here from Sydney at the World Cup. And the next time we talk to you, the World Cup will be off and running from Australia and New Zealand. Until then, and as always, my friends, size the day. Ooh, 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 ooh.